India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Good morning everyone this is the 12th of May 2021 this morning we actually seeing meaningful volatility around Asian markets so I think that's the first concern that really needs to be addressed and specifically I'm seeing three markets down Japan Taiwan and South Korea. I don't know whether some of it has to do with the tensions that are happening in the, you know, parts of Middle East, but uh, it may have to do with what news stories are saying. And I wonder if it really has to, is that these markets are getting concerned about, you know, possible inflation because there was some inflation data around Asia, which was floating around, uh, you know, Bloomberg and they were talking about it in their videos that Asian inflation is actually spiked up slightly and therefore it may create concerns for their economies or for their currencies because that's what historically has happened. But we've had previous inflation rounds and you know when these inflation rounds happen in a rising dollar environment definitely they create more stress because it causes a currency pressure. But right now we are in a falling dollar environment where most of the currencies related to these countries are actually strengthening except for Japan. Japan actually would not mind if its currency weakens. So actually they don't mind even getting higher inflation. But the fact of the matter is around the world policies that have been put in place are to create some degree of inflation that results in negative real interest rates. And if that is a policy stance, this is actually a success story that you know you actually got some inflation. Now, the risk is, well, what if interest rates go up and many of the countries have higher levels of debt, then what these countries are going to really be doing is they're not going to be raising interest rates aggressively because they've already, you know, made it very, very clear that their policy stance is to maintain negative real interest rates because that would help them bring down the debt to GDP ratio by an actual expansion in the denominator of that calculation, which is debt is on top and GDP is at the bottom. And when you're dividing by GDP and if you increase nominal GDP just by increasing inflation, which means you're not producing more, but you've just increased the price of what you're producing, then your debt to GDP comes down. So that's the game that they're really playing. And if that's the game uh, that is being played, then uh, are they going to really back off from that? Because uh, the end goal is really to bring down the debt to GDP. And so you will allow some level of inflation to fly for a while. And while it may be a short-term concern, I think it won't really be a concern yet for a while unless uh, the central banks really panic and change their stance. So none of them have really openly stated that they'll change their stance on this. In fact, India has introduced QSAP, which uh, is again a signal that we want to maintain the current position. And given our you know situation where we have a second wave of the pandemic, which is beginning to cool off, we would probably not want to change policy at this point of time. So it's not an immediate risk. And because India has been through some corrective phase and consolidation over the last two months, I think the reaction in India is not was not so prominent this morning. Uh, but uh, the reaction in Japan and Taiwan is definitely, definitely startling, uh, to say the least, because very, very sharp moves. At least in Japan, I didn't expect that because the yen was stable. And so nothing really happened on the currency side. And it's been their stance for many years that they want to weaken the USD JPY and, you know, create some inflation. So why was Japan off? And the other news floating around is oh, there's some jump in COVID cases in some of the Asian markets and they may be tightening a bit, you know, uh, with some uh, fresh measures. 
But when I actually look at numbers in in Taiwan, they are like 10, 12 cases a day. Now, of course, it's a smaller nation. And in Japan, it it's a couple of thousand. So uh, those numbers have really not, you know, uh, gone as big as they have in India or in Brazil, where they are still reading, you know, 30, 40,000 cases. India has seen its peak case at least come down a bit at the national level from 4 lakh uh, to 2, 3 lakh 40,000, I think, reported last. In fact, in Maharashtra, we've seen it come off from the peak of over 60,000 to 30,000 something. So, somewhere close to half of what they were in terms of peak daily cases reported. So, we are seeing an improvement state-wise. We are not seeing it across the world. Some places are still seeing cases advance. Well, many other states are now seeing flattening to reduced cases, including Maharashtra, Delhi, Gujarat and so on. Still seeing some upward swing in Punjab and some other places. MP also seeing a downswing. So, these are good data points, uh, but... Uh, of course, we have a long way to go. I think they should further half from here before we can really think that we can back off from the current uh, status of lockdowns, which is the partial lockdowns in many states. I sense they will probably extend it into the end of this month, really to play it safe. Nobody wants another crisis that, you know, moment we open up, people start going out and again cases jump. So that's not what you want. And of course, you want to put in place the pace of vaccinations they've started some people have gotten their second shots. I still have to. Of course, everyone's got their first shot mostly. So I think once that pace of vaccination also takes off and you get a slightly further decline in, you know, the number of daily cases being reported, uh, which reduces the pressure on the medical system, then I think probably those partial lockdowns will start going away for a start. People might still be advised to stay safe by wearing masks and maintain social distancing, which has been the tough part. Most people you know, took it really easy uh, and stopped paying attention to those. But I would really advise, you know, that it should continue at least for another year because till we really get better vaccinations, maybe, I mean, these vaccines are, you know, there's a time period for which they'll have an effect, maybe six months, one year, you might have to take them again. And so at, by that time, I can only hope that we come up with something better. Uh, a better vaccine or a better shot, uh, uh, some sort of solution to this. And the best case is, of course, the virus itself mutates into something worse like it happened with the Spanish flu and disappears on its own. So, so we don't know whether the virus will mutate into something uh, worse that it cannot survive any longer uh, because it's, of course, a really small uh, thing that's, uh, you know, attacking us, but we it's also trying to evolve into a better state of itself and sometimes that evolution uh, ends badly sometimes it turns worse and that's something we will not know for another another six to eight months and therefore it's best that we remain careful in terms of how we really handle it so what uh, the indian market ends up doing in all of this and what we are seeing is that because we've seen a correction in banking we've seen a correction in the stocks that are affected by uh, the shutdowns uh, it's become a good consolidation. In fact, many mid-caps were actually correcting from, uh, you know, September, October itself. And they didn't really take off, even though the mid-cap index rose a lot. The many stocks that went through long consolidation phases, and they're actually starting to rise now. So that's pretty interesting. And out of sectors that I like, uh, we've seen the PSU uh, index actually retrace, uh, you know, 50-60% of its gains uh, from the pre-budget time. Uh, and now beginning to pick up. So I think that sector is really gaining momentum after the metals. Uh, and even specifically today, I've talked about the PSU bank index uh, picking up because that has been lagging behind the PSU pack themselves. And that is also showing a pickup in momentum. So I think, uh, so there are individual trades really happening in individual stocks and sectors that is keeping the momentum in the market alive, the interest alive. 
and the only pain point actually for any trader has been if you're if you're a pure nifty trader so for the last couple of months if you're only on nifty you're probably not making money or if you panicked and you know sold the lows bought the highs you probably lost money uh, i i reduced significant exposure trading wise in the previous months in april i increased it i thought probably the bottom is in and again that didn't work and so i've gone back to sticking with stocks which has been a brilliant strategy for at least the current month and i think that really continues i think till this uh, thing eases probably into the end of may maybe now june you have another two weeks to go and uh, till this uh, tension eases i think it's better to probably stick with that strategy go with stocks that are showing momentum and uh, you know sectors that are showing momentum and avoid really the index for the time being for those of you who are index traders and that's something i mentioned in both of my last two weeks uh, cnbc interviews as well and uh, we actually looked at the best sectors from top down if you see since the uh, pre budget that is end of jan uh, the best performing sectors been metals followed by small caps followed by pse public sector enterprises and then the healthcare and i think that strategy has worked well and should continue to work well uh, till the general market really comes on its own so that's going to be the uh, way ahead wait for the nifty to consolidate but uh, i'm pretty much concluded in my head that you know we are probably not going to break below the low we've made at 14150 i think this was a consolidation phase it's further extending into a corrective structure into the month of may yeah, it looked like maybe the next wave up can start but what we are seeing is a series of three waves up three waves down so probably another complex uh, structure or correction going on while these sectors do well and so the nifty will you know take its own time complete that and then only probably you know start the next impulsive wave up you'll have to be patient to allow it to do that in the meantime i do, so it will just swing you know probably between 14600 and 14950 is the broad range we can give so that somewhere between the moving averages all the way up to the 61% retracement mark on the upside between which the nifty will gyrate once it breaks out of that then definitely we get our trending move on the upside we've also seen a lot of volatility from the us indices overnight specifically we saw a big gap down and then they bounced up and right now even the us futures are slightly off uh, so that definitely started happening and a lot of it again saw a similar feature like we seen here which is rotation into cyclical and other sectors uh, including banking while a serious selling took place in the tech stocks of the nasdaq now at some point of time the correction in the nasdaq should be over my sense is probably it could be over yesterday because you have this big lower opening and then the candle closes much higher so it's it's like a bar reversal some people call it the belt hold or uh, you know there are many names for this but essentially when prices gap down and then turn around and close the other side a single day bar reversal can actually mark a important uh, top or bottom and in this case it could be that the nasdaq seen its correction and should start picking up albeit it might just be slow and steady uh, given that people are trying to shift out of you know tech into many other sectors that might benefit from the economic spending plans of the governments around the world so that's what what is really driving uh, market sentiment it's this uh, shift away so same shift in india we can say between say fmcg and i was having a chat yesterday where you know i have more or less avoided that sector it's been the best performing of the previous time period but now just like you know between 2003 and 8 when the market economy picked up uh, the fmcg sector which is typical defensive actually uh, you know didn't perform meaningfully for that time period even though you know prices didn't decline much they remained uh, in a range for many many of the uh, stocks in those sectors 
we also had similar you know talks of you know pricing pressures because of you know uh, new products coming in at the uh, you know from lower cost producers that were putting not allowing them to raise prices today i'm hearing again similar things that you know they can't raise prices because the already high end costs are going up uh, because of rising inflation and therefore uh, that is squeezing margin so different kind of uh, you know arguments that are coming up uh, but essentially i guess uh, this is a shift away from you know either defensive which also includes tech for some people though tech has been one of the saviors for this entire pandemic technology has been a sector that has you know shown its own and actually helped us in in some way do well in our economic prospects even despite all the problems that we face because because of technology we've been able to function and get on uh, with our jobs in various different businesses online so that's interesting and i think uh, that sector probably continues to do well uh, but now we have this uh, new bet which is on the potential turnaround in the economic cycle uh, thanks to government intervention and spending that is happening in most countries not just in india in the very short term though the only risk may be of any short term bounce that the dollar does if it causes any reaction it could be the the metals actually see a good near term pullback which is good because many of them have seen their rsi stretch into the 80 plus range which they defy to 88 and many of them initially it was only tata steel and now it's many others which have rallied in the last 10 days pushing their uh, you know daily momentum indicator into closer to the overbought zone and it would be good to see some kind of a short term knee jerk reaction which would you know get us out of that overbought condition and then probably things could continue from there so i think that's that that's what i would expect from that sector uh, but clearly the dollar's long term trend is down so apart from a short term bounce i think medium term Uh, it's headed lower uh, that's uh, pretty clear now on the charts any uh, bullish opinion on the dollar index i would probably reject you can clearly see that across the board if you look at multiple currency pairs you can actually see the usd weakening against uh, each and every currency and so it's not just uh, the euro it's uh, everything from the australian dollar to the indian rupee to you know the uh, sgd singaporean dollar uh, all of them you can see the same pattern the gbp the uh, cad and so on so all of them are very clearly showing trends of a weak dollar uh, happening and that's pretty much now a you know secular trend that continues for uh, many more months before we uh, you know even get the next bounce again the only asset that's been a laggard that i do hope uh, has probably bottomed out now in march and should uh, slowly pick up is the precious metal space gold and silver both of them uh, have seen a decent 61% retracement in fact for gold from the march 2020 bottom to the august 2020 high completed in march of this year so a good retracement bottom there has rallied a bit broken out of the you know falling channel and so i think that trend should really continue and uh, only thing it's been slow mainly because of bond yields and a lot of the talk that we are seeing right now around in inflation and bond yields very very much uh, impacts the prices of precious metals so so that's going to be something to watch out for because precious metals would still be looking at what happens to real interest rates uh, but like i said if you're going to keep interest rates flat and allow inflation to fly the precious metals markets are going to uh, smell that out and then hide higher so that might be your better signal of whether markets are going into a risk of in the fear of inflation or they are simply going to lap it up and drive asset prices higher look at gold what it does over the next uh, few days or weeks and that should probably give you a clear signal of what lies ahead 
And before I wrap it up, uh, our entire mentorship uh, website page is now live. You can actually go and start, you know, signing up either for the videos or, or for the live sessions that we plan to do. We pretty much changed the way we formatted in terms of pricing and so on so that people can, you know, attend and be part of the program on an ongoing basis. So go check it out. Uh, check, uh, click on the mentorship page. You'll find the details. And uh, those of you who are interested can start signing up and you know, start attending the sessions and the, watching the videos that we've put together for you right away. So that's all in this update from me and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.